Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Heckner and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I am good. How are you? I'm good. In-season tournament quarterfinals are here. Uh, David, I love the fact that the NBA, and this is obviously for, for rest situation, make sure nobody is on the front end of back, or second end of a back-to-back. No games on Sunday. Uh, the only games tonight are the two quarterfinal, two of the quarterfinal matchups. Uh, and then we'll have tomorrow on Tuesday, the other two quarterfinal matchups. So actually those teams who did not make it, those coaches are probably like, well, we didn't play well enough to make it, but we're getting a couple extra rest days and maybe some practice time mixed in there. I mean, there's no question that that's a benefit. Um, I actually kind of told all my guys that aren't playing in the tournament, like, you know, I'll check in on Monday or Tuesday. Like, take a couple of mental health days. Yeah. It's a yeah. gift. Yeah, it's a yeah. gift. Well, because you, you talked about this on the last show, how, you know, so it's, and of course, the physical matters, which we know, but it's the mental grind of an 82-game season that wears on these guys. Uh, yeah, it's it's the combination, too, is you know, how your body feels. Like uh, One of the first things I always ask any player I talk to is how you're feeling physically. Uh, that sometimes will give me a, a key to what's going on mentally. Um, one guy said to me yesterday, his legs are just dead. And, uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a chance to heal, recover, right? Yeah. Refresh, recharge, all those things. Exactly. Yeah. No, 100%. And we're going to break down all those matchups for you guys uh, shortly, but we're going to first start off with uh, Ask Coach Thorpe. Again, if you guys want to tap into David Thorpe's big basketball gr- brain, please send us questions at truehoop at truehoop.com. That is T-R-U-E-H-O-O-P at truehoop.com. All right, David, I don't know if you saw this, but The Athletic, you know when they send out like emails and it'll be like links of like the stories that they have that they're talking about today or whatever. One of the subject lines in an email over the weekend basically said that NBA defense is worse than ever. And this um, fan of ours, Rich, wants to know, the author goes on to say offense, offensive skills are way up. Rules and more open court today favor offense over defense. But the author still puts out the idea that NBA defense and defenders are bad, which seems both wrong and fodder for NBA dumb dumb fans to cry about how if only the pros tried as hard as those gritty college kids. But Rich says, scoring is way up. So what gives? So is it a lot of offense and bad defense? Or is it, no, defense is good, but these are the best players in the world. People are going to score. I mean, it's a lot. It's all the, it's the, it's a big stew uh, uh, full of everything. Uh, when in doubt, run a guy over, that'll be a blocking foul. You get two free throws for that. So the refs have, they're saying this as well. Um, it's in my opinion, coaches are afraid to coach guys. Uh, you have coaches who kiss the ass of their lottery picks who are struggling. They kiss the ass of the lottery picks who aren't struggling. So the lottery picks get a lot of ass kissing going on. You have assistant coaches that just want to keep their job. They don't, they don't offer much. They don't challenge much. Obviously, there's exceptions to everything. But that's a lot of what I see. A lot of incompetent coaches, a lot of uh, uh, fearful coaches. They might be competent but are afraid to really coach guys up, hold guys accountable. I did see video recently of Rick Carlisle calling timeout and basically screaming at Ben Matherin. Well, in the world I come from, I just bench dudes. And I tell coaches that I, that I advise all the time, just take guys out. That's, you don't have to yell at them. Take them out when they don't do what they're supposed to do. You don't see a lot of that. You don't, you don't see much of that at all. You don't want to embarrass someone. You can wait for a timeout, whatever, make the change. But um, th- So those are factors. Uh, guys try hard all the time, commonly. But they pick their moments also when they play too many minutes. There's also a situation where this game is so open, so spread out. And so defensively, we're in position, the players are in position 
uh, of weakness. And when you try to make a play out of position of weakness, the angle isn't great. Uh, uh, and there's contact, they call a foul almost always, especially against a good player or a star. And uh, how do you build your resume so you can build your value so you can get paid more money when you're on the bench with foul trouble? You can't. Or uh, the other option is kind of fake compete a little bit, let them make the layup with my hands up, whatever, t- take the risk of fouling out of, the, out of the equation. And maybe they'll miss, but probably not, depending on the angle. And I can, can keep, I can keep playing and build my numbers up. So it's a pretty easy thing to do. Players are going to choose not to foul in that situation. College guys will foul. They're, they're even dumber because in college, they'll <laughs> miss that shot all the time. Um, and then also, it's true that we have incredibly skilled – I mean, like, have any, has anyone watched Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid play basketball? <laughs> how, how about six foot eight Luka Doncic, right? LeBron J, I mean, it never ends. Tyrese Halliburton is a hard guy to guard. He wasn't even a good scorer in college. He is now. So that factors in. We have more players that are more skilled. Uh, uh, everyone's talking about ball movement and .5 and all of that. Uh, easier said than done, but once they get it, it makes it very tough. Um, and I, I think, lastly, we don't have a lot of teams built with the kind of defenders Boston's built with. And I think that's a mistake. I think that we're too caught up in offense first. So there's better defensive players that don't get in because they're not as good as on offense as they are on defense. And so they don't play as much. And so we have a lot of offensive-minded players who aren't inclined to defend the way they, the way they can. But every year come playoff time, we see – the real thing. And it's also easier to lock in 30, 30 teams, 29 other teams. You know, you don't really know tendencies as well as you might in the, in the, as you will in the playoffs when you see the same team all the time. No, that's perfect. Love that. Love that breakdown. All right. This last one comes from our Daryl. He would love to hear a compare and contrast of players that get their three to four year development in the G league, the NBA and the G league versus those that stay in college longer and get their development in a college setting, specifically how Jaime Hawkes fits right in with Miami. Uh, the last time I saw a study, which was a while ago, a decade ago or so, uh, there was a, a, a basically an examination of every player, how they did in the NBA, and how many years they played in college. Or back then, the study was done recently enough to when you didn't have to go to college like LeBron, okay? Uh, all the best players didn't go to college at all. And the next year was went to one year, then it went two year. Like it's a myth to think that college has some kind of monopoly on player development. That's for sure. It's a myth. Uh, that there is some benefit to some players to staying. Jaime Jaquez does know how to play. The idea that had he gone to the NBA three years ago, if you could, if a team, this is where the NBA fails, I think in many, in many cases, had they been able to project three years ago, this is what he would look like in, in the fourth year, which would be his rookie season. But it should be his fourth year of NBA now. Um, then I think he'd be just as good, if not better, than he is now. Because they learn how to play in the NBA too. Uh, especially if the G League's used well and you have assistant coaches focus on development. Uh, their, their colleges, J.J. Reddick said this on a podcast a while ago. He was watching a game with a friend. It might have been last season. I don't remember. And, um, but I think it was the week one of this season. And he said, me and my buddy who haven't played college basketball in a long time, the coaches that we've seen coach against us and now are coaching still in college, we know all their plays. Nothing's changed. That's very true. The, the same programs run the same shit all the time. 
Uh, when they change coaches, that the, then the franchise can change the program. You know, the offensive defensive strategy will change. So, um, I think that there's a benefit to some players to stay. There's a benefit to some players to leave, and development can happen in both college and the pro level. I don't love it in the G League, more or less, but but I certainly allow for the op- the possibility of that to happen too. Love it, guys. This is this is a sampling of what you get from Coach Thorpe's big basketball brain. If you send in great questions. Uh, again, that is True Hoop at TrueHoop.com, T-R-U-E-H-O-O-P at TrueHoop.com. All right, David, it is time to talk about quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. We're in the knockout round phase, so you win, you advance. You lose, sorry, no trophy no trophy for you. All right, first game, we got Boston Celtics at Indiana. Boston, of course, the number one team in the NBA, uh, but Indiana was electric in their group stage of the uh, qualify, of the, of the uh, in-season tournament. So um, the Pacers are number one in pace, first in offensive rating, and last in defensive rating. Celtics are last in pace, fourth in offensive rating, but first in defensive rating. In terms of injuries, Chris Porzingis is out with a calf for the Celtics. And for the Pacers, Obi Toppin and Tyrese Halliburton are questionable. My guess is they're going to play. Um, this is like one of those, David, and you know, as, as growing up, you were a boxing fan. Styles make fights, right? One team loves to race up and down the floor. The other team does not. What are you seeing in this matchup? Yeah, I, the, the whole styles and strategy stuff, I noticed that stuff. But once the game starts, like I am, a, I was a boxing fan when my <laughs> papa was alive. Once the fight starts, it's on for whatever, whatever's happening is happening, right? Nobody expected Ali to do the rope-a-dope. Pretty smart move by him. Um, so I, I have one pretty amazing stat. Indiana was down in Miami for two games in three days. I was there for one of the games. Here are three of the four halves that they played scoring-wise. 65, 73, and 79. And a half. And by the way, in two of those halves, uh, Tyrese Hollenberg didn't play. So their starting point guard in the second game went one of nine from the field, Andrew Nemhard. He had 11 assists, no turnovers, and a double-figure plus-minus when he was in the game. Played great defense. His backup, T.J. McConnell, had like 18 or 20 points and just manhandled the Heat. Like, they should be calling them today about a trade. Like, right <laughs> now. Um, he's, he's, he'd be a good point guard for them. So, Indiana can really score. Uh, I thought Tyrese was sick before that last game, which right away I thought Miami flew. Um, I don't know what happened to him. I read somewhere today, maybe a knee. That's mm. new. I did not Cause, hear cause, that. Because on ESPN, it just says it, it's an illness. It didn't say, because normally if yeah. it's a body part, they'll say. I saw somewhere else where it said knee, and I was really surprised at that. Because that's not what I had heard. I heard it was just an illness. So I read it was just an illness. So um, I think that, so Boston played Indiana without Tyrese before. I think the final score was 195 to 74. It was some embarrassing. I think they won by 50. I'm not kidding. No, it didn't. I think it was like 154 to 104, something like that. <laughs> but it felt like 195 to 17. Um, they just, Indiana couldn't guard. Indiana doesn't guard. They, um, they do a great job of limiting the three-point shot, Indiana does. But they give up more points in the paint than any team in the league. Uh, that matters in this game because with Porzingis, even though he's not, you know, the world's best paint scorer, he's a good one. He's a threat. He's not there. Right. Indiana might not pay as much a risk in taking away the Boston threes as they might otherwise pay. Uh, Obi Toppin is 
played well in Miami. That would be a loss for them. Um, uh, they they have a deep team. Indiana does. Uh, it, I'm inclined to think that it's easy to pick Boston. Uh, and again, and, and I'll say this up front: in any one game with the world's best players, like I don't know how anyone bets on these things. I, I, <laughs> there's no way any of you know better than I who's going to win this game. And I have no idea who's going to win this game. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't have a, an inkling. Mm-hmm. My gut tells me, just based on all the data I've seen and watching these teams play so much, um, I think Boston's going to walk into a buzzsaw atmosphere, which I don't think is all that common in December in the NBA. Uh, the Indiana hasn't played a playoff game in a while, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that part is not nothing. It's not nothing. It's it, You can – I mean – all of Boston's players are so experienced. They played road playoff games before, but not in December. Mm-hmm. And so this is an, inter- we'll see the same thing in Sacramento. This is an interesting thing uh, where uh, a December game that's going to have a playoff-like atmosphere between two teams that are projected to go to the Final Four, only one is in Boston. So I just I just think Indiana's on a roll. They, they actually, in the first game against Miami, they you gave up a million points. In the second half, but they roasted them for what was it, sixty-five? I think in the first half, um, they they really have a hell of an offense. So um, Boston's got you know those two guards can really guard. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really if you want to look at styles and strategies, it's is can Drew and or Derek really stunt Tyrese's or curb his efficient productive scoring. Uh, and I think that in the playoffs, they would be able to, but we talked with this off air yesterday. We texted about it. Uh, they've had very little time to prepare. I'm telling you, teams are not overwhelming their players with information for this one game, Gerard, uh, because they have to deal with the next game. I like I was texting a player who's playing this, this, this next two days. Like this isn't one and done. The tournament's one and done, but you'll play, you'll play next game. You're right. still going to have a game this week. Like mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. It's not that kind of pressure. So you 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 have to recognize that. And I think that like Boston, they may come out smoking, but the crowd's going to be crazy. And that matters to how Indiana plays because they really spread you out and shoot the lights out. I mean, Topping can shoot, Turner can shoot. Turner has not played great of late. That's a concern for them. Uh, uh, but then there's also the thought of, well, maybe with Porzingis out, maybe Miles would do a little bit better. I'm not so sure. He's really been kind of perimeter based lately, mm-hmm. uh, but I do. I I think it's the best combination of best team versus worst team. And yet, uh, Porzingis out if Tyrese and Toppin both play at home. I mean, the Boston crowd. If it was in Boston, it's just a game in December, right? For Indiana, I just mm-hmm. think it means more. So I I give them a slight advantage in this one game. I love it. So you mentioned the crowd in Indiana. So the last time they were in the playoffs, Paul George and Roy Herbert, I think, were playing for them. Uh, Yes, Paul George used to be on the Pacers, kids, for those of you that don't remember that. Um, That was a while ago. And Tyrese Halliburton has said this, David, numerous times. And he's like, I've never been to the playoffs in my entire NBA career. We got a chance to win something. I want to win this thing. So I think it's going to mean more to them in that way. Because not that Boston guys don't care to compete. Of course they do. But Boston still has their eyes on a bigger thing come June, right? And I wonder, into your point, the one-game scenario that, and Boston historically has had this problem of sort of, you know, taking their foot off the gas and not really being locked in for a full 48 minutes, 
that this can kind of, if they do these kinds of things in that buzzsaw atmosphere, they look up and they're like, how the hell are we down 20? What happened? Yeah, well, Indiana's doing their thing. Well, of course you're right. On the other hand, down 20 against the Pacers, as long as there's at least four minutes on the clock. <laughs> you got a chance. 50-50, you're going to be in a tie game at some point. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a really challenged team defensively. They, um, They're last. They don't, they don't stay in front of their guy. And, they, they, and their best defensive players come off the bench in Nesmith and Nemhard. Uh, Turner is, is okay at best at this point, especially with the sieve around him. Matherin's a terrible defender. Buddy Hield's competing on defense. That's a plus. Uh, he's a big X factor. His ability to shoot the ball. Uh, when, when they got when they steamrolled Miami, there was a stretch in the third quarter where Nemhard was that point guard just diming up everyone. He, he made two shots the whole game. Diamond guys up. And Buddy is the, like he's, he and Tyrese both look for Buddy a lot, as they should. Uh, if he's not making shots, Rick might take him out. Rick's done that before, Carlisle. Um, uh, but I think Boston will come out ready just because they are competitive. And I think for Missoula, uh, it, you know, he hasn't had a lot of playoff success. Correct. <laughs> I think he's going to be minding his P's and Q's in a sense. Like, I think you'll see this is my guess and what the NBA is hoping for. Uh, coaches really coaching hard. Not just standing and watching, which sometimes they'll do, which is okay. It's a long season. You don't want to wear your voice out. Uh, and what I mean is get your players desensitized to your voice. Um, yeah, I think of, of the four, it's the game I'm most excited about, uh, which is only because it's being played in Indiana right. with that crowd yeah. uh, and the way Indiana plays. I think it's going to be fun to watch. I love it. All right. And David said he's slightly in Indiana. So yeah. on a confidence meter, what are you saying? Like a percentage-wise, like what's your, you know – What's your what's your lean percentage wise towards Indiana? Ten percent, five percent. What's your confidence in that? 0.01%. percent. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best team in the league, and we just haven't seen a lot without Porzingis. Um, and you know, and and you make a good point. I would have, I might have given a fifty one percent had you not just reminded me that most of those guys have not played the playoffs before. Mm-hmm. They're going to be feeling it a little bit too. Not that these guys haven't played important games. Nemhard played the NCAA finals. Tyrese may have gone this this final eight. I don't remember his sophomore year at Iowa State. Like um, these guys, you know, uh, the, Miles may have played in the playoff game. Mm-hmm. I think Turner mm-hmm. maybe. I think so. As a young player, as a yeah. young player, um, maybe not. God, it's it has it's been a long, a long time. time. <laughs> Do you remember? Was it Danny Granger? Yes. He yes. Danny Granger. Wow, it's back. He's like, he's like fifty four years old now. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how long it's been. Yeah, Rick <laughs> He wasn't even uh, coaching the team. That's so funny. Yeah, he, wasn't even, that's, he, he wasn't even coaching that team. The Phoenix no. Suns coach was coaching that team. Right? <laughs> right. Was it Vogel? Was Vogel. Yeah. Yes, it was Vogel. You see, this is, this is the NBA. It's like dog years, people. You're just like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, that, that matchup should be exciting. Think? I am going to lean Indiana, and it's because I like their style of play. And in any one-game scenario, look, if this is a best-of-seven series. No, we pick Boston for sure. Right. But in a one-game scenario, if you're not really – it's a hard thing to just adjust to on the fly. And if they're shooting – you say this all the time. Indiana fires up a lot of threes. If it's a night where they make a bunch, uh, you're just not going to beat them. It just is what it is. And, and, but, but they also lead the league in paint scoring. Yes, true. So without Porzingis, Boston's got to guard that three. Indiana's going to be driving it a lot. That's a big deal for them. They want to fight for a great shot in the paint. Yeah, in any one game, being at home and all the things matter, I just – I think it's going to be an electric situation. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm leading I'm leading paces on that. All right, guys. Second matchup is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans at 
the Sacramento Kings. The Kings are 10th in offensive rating, 22nd in defensive rating. Pelicans 15th in offensive rating and 13th in defensive rating. Matt Ryan and Larry Nance are out for the Pelicans. Uh, Alex Len is out for the Kings and Chris Duarte is questionable. All right. So I don't look at, I mean, you just gave the stats, but that was this 20 game stats or 19 mm-hmm. games, whatever mm-hmm. they played. I, I tend to look at more recent play. Um, and uh, that's just how I've always done it. As I do, you know, as you know, I do this thing mm-hmm. with Zach Lowe every year, so eight years in a row, whatever we've done it, eight years out of nine or whatever, where we're doing all eight playoff series. And so I tend to look at recent stuff, how teams have evolved and whatever. It's harder with the Boston game because Porzingis is out. These these teams should be pretty full strength, mm-hmm. right? Um, a couple of things jump out at me when I look at it. One is Zion's playing has gotten better. Uh, he's been over, I think, 26 in every game, but one in the, since uh, maybe November 16th. Mm-hmm. That game, they they beat the Spurs by 15. They, they didn't really – everyone was open in that game. But but he's been he's – been, he's looking better. Uh, he was really struggling to finish at the rim uh, just because he was rusty, in my opinion. And that is trickling up. His mid-range game, which is almost non-existent, still trickling up. Uh, Brandon Ingram can't make a three, but everything else looks pretty good. It, it, very good, not even elite at the rim. Um, and so, and then I, before we get into stats, I look at uh, New Orleans in the playoffs have been interesting. Mm-hmm. They they have that two headed monster with Ingram uh, and Zion, and uh, they've got some defensive players. Trey Murphy's back. We don't mm-hmm. know how healthy he's going to be. He just played one game. Jose Alvarado gets after it defensively. They they've got Valanciunas is a good offensive player. Um, that leads us into the matchup situation. So uh, I looked at a few different things. The Pelicans uh, in the last eight games are fifth in points in the paint, mm-hmm. and the Kings are. Uh, 18th in defending the paint. That's a problem for me. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans gets a big advantage there. Uh, and that's because of Zion's just getting better. That number would be lower if Zion wasn't playing well. Uh, uh, who's guarding Zion? Who's helping on Zion? Not Sabonis in either case. That's a real issue. Uh, and so if you devote too many resources devoted to Zion and his left-hand downhill drives, mm-hmm. You're, you're leaving um, Murphy, Valanciunas, McCollum, that Alvarado, uh, if, he, if he plays a good amount, which I think he will, uh, to guard Fox. Um, that, that's a problem. Uh, the, this, is, this is actually pretty interesting. The, the Pelicans are third in points off turnovers. And um, the, the Kings can be sloppy with the ball. And that gives me another lean towards New Orleans, which is where my lean is, is that they, they, the Pelicans defensively can get out and go. And um, the Sacramento, uh, Sacramento's going to have to be sharp in their offensive execution, sharp in their offensive execution. Uh, and they're not, they're 14th in the league, I think, in turnovers. So um, that's, that's a problem for me. Whereas Sacramento uh, points off turnovers is uh, 24th. Just, yeah. They're not, I'm surprised at that. They don't really force as many as what you thought they might, as I thought they might. Um, also, Sacramento's fourth in three points attempted. They want to shoot a lot of threes, right? They spread you out. They got Sabonis looking for cutters. He can score inside. Uh, they're, they're, they're not the Cuisinart, but they, they kind of are similar. Mm-hmm. No surprise Mike Brown came from right. Sacramento. 
Uh, the Pelicans are 29th in three points, three pointers attempted. Um, and that's bully ball versus mm-hmm. the Cuisinart. Yeah, what do you, what's what's the knockoff version of the Cuisinart? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not it's, a kitchen guy. You're like, yeah, so it's like so Cuisinart is like the top end. So this is like uh whatever the Lowe's brand is, right? So it's like the next thing, <laughs> <laughs> the next level below, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and so New Orleans also uh they're fourth in opponents points on turnovers. They they don't turn the ball over as much. They're 11th overall in turnovers total and they get back pretty well. Uh uh Ultimately, I'm, um, I would lean a little bit stronger confidence with New Orleans as opposed to Indiana, even though it's on the road. And I think the Kings crowd will be great. I, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. If you pick, honestly, if you pick two cities that absolutely would be perfect to host games, I really think Indiana, yeah. Indianapolis, Sacramento. and Sacramento are great. You know, they're not main, you know, big, 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 big cities like mm-hmm. top five population. Um, those cities can get bored. Uh, Miami. Um, Houston, mm-hmm. the, this crowd should, can't, you know, of course they can be loud too. This crowd should be great. But when you've got Zion, it's like the Avengers having the Hulk. They have the Hulk on their team. And um, he hasn't had much of a stage. No, he hasn't. And so I, I think Willie Green is going to have his guys um, uh, uh, really excited to, to, to say, hey, we, we want to show the world what we got. Uh, you don't get that in the NBA a lot yeah. um, with the opportunity. That's what the cool thing about the NCC tournament, I think. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, uh, in one game, I'm going with Zion. You're going, you're going nice lean there. Okay. Of course, I all agree with everything you're saying. Um, I wonder, Darren Fox kind of had his coming out last year in the postseason. Um, People, like people, you know, for people who didn't know who Darren Fox was, not us. You know, what does De'Aaron Fox do on this stage? To me, when, when Fox is playing at his best, he's as good a lead guard as anybody in the league. He's amazing. And first of all, he's fast, so you can't stay in front of him. And that three is falling, which it is like, well, now you're like, what do I do? He's hitting threes, and he can beat me off the dribble. Well, then it's, he's hard to guard, right? So if he's doing that, and they're getting the good stuff from Malik Monk, um, you know, this is all positive for them. Uh, I wonder defensively, uh, can Davion Mitchell do anything? He, uh, he may not play playing. That's I right. think he he's, might be out. He he might be out. Um. Yeah. So you know. So that that'll hurt them. On, and they they've been playing bad defense anyway. So and and New Orleans in the last eight games, number seven in defense. And and to be fair, there's a caveat to eight games because I'm not looking at strength of schedule. If they, if they played seven terrible defense offensive teams, right. it's no surprise. But still, the the swagger is there. It is something. Remember, last year they were dominating on defense for a while before the, before the uh, you know the roof caved in. Um. They're tenth on offense last eight games, seventh on defense. Uh, and and the eye test is looking like okay, they're starting to come with Murphy back. I mean, he's such a great shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of their a lot of New Orleans players. If you look at individually, are playing pretty well. Yeah, I think they're the better team. Murphy shooting well. Jordan Hawkins, we talked about last uh, last yeah. episode. And he's like, a rookie, but I love him. Yeah, it, it'll be exciting. I'm gonna give uh, it's a it's a pick 'em game for me. It's toss up. I'm gonna just give Sacramento the edge because of Fox and being at home. But again, and and that three prevalence. If those three three balls falling tonight, game over because they're they're going to take a ton, and that's you, the math doesn't work that way, right? When they're when they're hitting that many, you can't catch up. All right, let's look at our next game. Actually, you know what? Let's take a quick break, uh, and then we'll come back with the the next two games on Tuesday night. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run? take a nap, read a book, maybe show up for a friend. 
Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapists for my partner and I. And both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. All right, David, moving over to Tuesday night. We have the New York Knicks at the Milwaukee Bucks. Randy's New York Knicks, who are playing some good basketball. Jalen Brunson, RJ, Quentin Grimes. The, these guys are, Tibbs has got these guys playing well. Mitchell Robinson, geez, I mean, what is he, the best rebounder in basketball and, and, and defensive center right now? He's he's crushing it. Um, let's give you some quick stats on that game. Knicks 13th in offensive rating, 5th in defensive rating. Bucks eighth in offensive rating, seventeenth in defensive rating. The last game was close. Bucks won by five. Needed a Dame Lillard takeover late to beat them. Uh, for the Bucks, for the Knicks, I'm sorry, Charlie Brown Jr. is out, but um, he doesn't play a ton. For the um, for the Bucks, Jay Crowder's out, and Pat Connaughton is day to day. I think Pat Connaughton will play, but if he doesn't, that's problems for them. All right, I forgot to say, I think New Orleans has beaten the Kings twice already this year, mm. uh, and so that's another reason why I like New Orleans some. Um, both teams are six and two, the last eight. Uh, uh, so they're, they're playing well. The Knicks play the slowest pace. No surprise. They play boring, bully, <laughs> boring, bully ball basketball. I'm not complaining. It, you got to do what your roster is. Right. And, um, Milwaukee's up to fifth in pace. Yeah. They're going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milwaukee's got the sixth best offense in the last eight games. Uh, the, just like the regular season fully, uh, the Knicks are fifth in defense the last eight games. So that's really the battle is, is, is how's Milwaukee's offense going to cook against, uh, the Knicks defense. Mm-hmm. And so that gets me to, um, Dame and Giannis. Dame hasn't played a, a game on a stage like this in some years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think, I think he's going to be a really locked in, uh, to that, that moment. Um, and, uh, with, with the guys on his team, I think he's going to have a chance to really shine. Um, and, uh, they can hide him against someone not named Brunson, mm-hmm. uh, probably pretty effectively. Um, you know, I worry about, I worry about the Knicks just playing so slowly. If, if yeah. Milwaukee allows them to dominate that pace, that's a big, big help for New York. Um, sometimes playoff games do become a slog. I don't think this one will. Mm. I don't think these games, because it's just one game and you're not going to know their actions all that well. Right. You know, uh, you just, they're not going to overwhelm you. Maybe they will for the final four. I don't know, but they won't for this game. The coaches meaning give, give them everything. And so I just think it's going to be more of an open game. And that's a big advantage. I think from, it is a big advantage for Milwaukee. 
Yeah, we talked about it last uh, episode. Who knew that the Giannis Dame pick and roll leads to good offense, right? Like that's yeah. that's a well, very tough thing to stop. And one of the things New York really prides himself on is second chance points. They're top 10 or nine, mm-hmm. I think, last eight games. Milwaukee's a very good defensive rebounding team. I think they're seventh in opponent, opponent's points on second chance. And so that mitigates a bit. And when you watch the Knicks play, as someone who I do uh, to help players, like one of my lead things always is you got to fight for the rebound. If you can't get it, don't let the motherfuckers get it. Knock it out of bounds. Knock it away. Um, but Milwaukee's, Milwaukee's good at that. So that, that could really uh, cause an issue for, for New York, uh, who's going to have to score on the first shot. Mm-hmm. And even though Milwaukee's defense is just okay, it is. It's just okay. Uh, you would think they'll be they'll be really ready. And I also think Giannis, after what happened last year in the playoffs, I would think Milwaukee is going to be really – I don't love them this year, but for one game, I, mean, I definitely lean towards them as a home team and, and a very, very equal teams. The um, the Middleton factor is also important here, right? Like he's played pretty well this season, um, and, and it's coming off the injuries. You know, I wonder, can R.J. Barrett, who's been playing well for the Knicks, um, you know – what does he help them do uh, right now? Julius Randle, right? Like what, 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 again, we know what Brunson's going to do for them. What do they get from RJ and from, and from Julius? And I know that Tibbs doesn't like to do this a lot, but Emmanuel quickly was, you know, really good for them last year. And I know it's, you got two small guards, so you have problems there, but Dame's tiny too. It isn't like Dame's towering over anybody no. in their backcourt. So maybe you play some of Brunson and, and, and quickly together, right? And see if you can really get your offense humming a little bit more. Spread the spread the Bucks out, who aren't great defensively already as it is. Besides Giannis and Brooke Lopez, but even Giannis at the point of attack is just okay. I, I hear a lot of guys talking about he's not what he used to be one on one defensively. Really, okay. at the point of attack, yeah, he's a tall dude. He can make up for it. He's got closing speed mm-hmm. and that length. Um, something else too. I learned a lesson. I've told this story probably once before. In 1994, my Florida Gators team, whose center was was my high school player for four years. Had Duke dead to rights, dead in the final four in Charlotte. I was there. Bill Clinton also. Uh, he came to the finals, maybe not the semifinals, but it was a packed house. It was the last game not played in the dome for the final mm-hmm. four. So it was an intimate 20,000 people watching, whatever it was, small number. And then Grant Hill's like, ah, fuck you guys. This is my this is my game. He was by far the best player in college basketball. He was a senior. Had already been at three final fours. Okay. Yep. And he, well, this was his fourth. Um, he had won two titles already. And it, I, I walked off the, I walked out of the arena that day. We were the second game of the two. The first game was Arkansas, Corliss Williamson beating Arizona. No um, teams. Remember those guys? Yeah, yeah I, that's the, they beat Duke in the finals. But mm-hmm. I walked off the court thinking, uh, so that's what a blue chip player really looks like. I, I, my, my kid was a blue chip player too, high school to college. Grant was blue chip college to pro. And um, it, it just, if they're rested, they just in a five on five game have a big advantage. And so I think about that with Dame, mm-hmm. not with Giannis. We, we are not with Giannis with Dame. Like um, if he's got his energy about him, yeah, uh, he can really light that team on fire. And that makes them really hard to guard in the paint after that. Yeah. Yeah. Logo Lillard. If he's hitting threes out there, you it's, it's causing problems. And their offense is playing really well. It, they are. I, I'm going to give the edge to Milwaukee as well. Um, I just think, you know, when you really just break it all down, and sometimes, as you said, David, in a one-game scenario, who's got the better guys, <laughs> right? Like, that often will tell you who's going to win. And, yeah, and 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 one-game scenario and uh, uh, fatigue not being an issue. The Duke versus Arkansas game, Grant Hill was the best player in that game. Corliss Williamson was one of the best players in college basketball. 
and they were loaded, and Scotty mm-hmm. Thurman went crazy. You remember the Scotty mm-hmm. Thurman game? I do. Anyone yep. my age does, yeah, or your age even. Um, and so going into Thursday or whatever they play, what are they playing? Vegas Thursday, 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 then Saturday's championship. Yep. Right. So the Thursday game, Dame, if he they win this game, I would think will be fine. Forty eight hours, I don't know. It's a little bit different. Admit it, you know, they, in football, you might know this when you play on grass fields. The slower team that hosting the faster team would let the grass grow more. Yeah. It never uh-huh. made sense to me. <laughs> but it, it until I realized, oh, it's all about timing. It's not about yeah. slowing your speed down compared to my speed. It's you have speed as an advantage, and we're going to fuck your speed up. We're going to be slower too, <laughs> but your rhythm's going to be off. Right. And so this is what – two games in, in 48 hours, the second game, might impact that. Uh, but I think in this situation, no team, no team has played since what Saturday night. Yep. Yeah. So it's it is second game in three days, but being the first game of the tournament, whatever for the for the the, the um, knockout round, I think we'll see a better. I think we're more likely to see a better Dame uh, than we would be maybe on Saturday if they make it to the finals. Okay. Because then you got to add the travel into that, right? They got to get out to Vegas, yeah, which yeah. you know it's going to also be a thing. Yeah, for sure. All right, the last game of the quarterfinals Tuesday will fit. Pit the Phoenix Suns at the Los Angeles Lakers. Suns are 0-2 against Lakers this season, but led both those games in the fourth quarter and just collapsed on the stretch. No Devin Booker for either of those games. He'll be in Tuesday's game. Uh, Suns are 7th in offensive rating and 21st in defense. Lakers 19th in offense, 12th in defense. Bradley Beal is out, as we know. Eric Gordon's day-to-day expecting to play. Gabe Vincent did not play last game uh, for the Lakers. Same thing. We got LeBron... We got KD. Mm-hmm. Um, Booker is definitely out. You know, he's in. Booker is in. Oh, Booker's playing. Yes. Oh, I he, he's, he did not play the first two games against the Lakers. He will right. play. The, yeah, yeah. I thought, okay. Booker's Ooh, here. I'm glad, I'm glad you told me that. <laughs> um, last eight games, both uh, uh, Phoenix 6-2, Lakers 5-3. and three. Phoenix playing a slow pace, 27th last eight mm-hmm. games. Lakers up to 10th in pace. So they want to push it more. That's what LA's mm-hmm. like to do yep. with LeBron last year, too. They they. Hart Ham wanted them to run a lot, which I thought was smart. Because they're not great uh, in the half court. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're, and they're 24th in offensive rating in the last eight games. Uh, Phoenix is ninth. Um, Lakers are sixth in defense, though, but Phoenix is 14th. Not terrible. Mm-hmm. They're pretty average. Um, let's see. Fast break issues. Uh, the, the, the points in the paint. Um, and Lakers are really good defending the paint, but Phoenix doesn't really care. They're not a team that thrives on that as much. Um, the the neither team shoots a lot of threes, Gerard. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix twenty seventh in attempts in uh, LA and twenty eighth, um, which mitigates the fact that Phoenix does a good job defending the three. They don't. They're seventh in threes allowed. LA doesn't care. Right. It's not right. It's not what they do. Um, yeah. The it's interesting. The Lakers are twenty eighth in three pointers allowed, which means Phoenix is going to have some threes. Beal, Durant, they're going to get. Well, no, gonna get some no Beal, Booker, Durant. Yeah, no Beal. I'm Booker. sorry, what did I say? Yeah. You said Beal, Booker, 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 Durant. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are they're going to they're going to make a difference. So, um, yeah. Uh, what do you think of it? Because I'm still, I, I'm still unsure. I'm leaning Phoenix because again, those two games they played against the Lakers this season, they were up double digits in the fourth quarter, and yeah. they just couldn't get into. We talked about this earlier. And like, who didn't well, play in that game for Phoenix? No, no Booker for either game. Yeah. And we talked about this. You said, well, what's the biggest difference, Rod? And uh, they had Chris Paul in the fourth quarters last yeah. year of those games. No one to set the table. Book has done an incredible job yeah. of being the point guard Agreed. for this team. 
And so that st- steady presence is there. And look, Grayson Allen's shooting a three well. Eric Gordon's shooting well. Like, look, but, but Gordon is questionable now. He's day to day, so we'll see. Um, That's the he, issue. He's, he's really huge. playing well for them. Very well. Making well, look, he's a 15, 14 year veteran, not afraid of taking any big shot in any moment. Like, no, and, no, and he's deep, the opposite. He's the opposite of being afraid. And deep threes, not like no yeah. deep deep threes. Look, if he plays for sure, I'm, I'm my confidence meter goes up even higher. But I'm leading Phoenix. It's also it's hard to beat good teams multiple times in a season, right? It's just it just is. Well, that's what people always say. I, I, I as a when I was a I, I don't know what the stats are. I know as a coach, <laughs> I I did not feel that way when I coached. If a team had kept beating us, it was a concern to me that we can't find ways to beat them. I blame myself. But if you, if we keep beating you and then we play in the in the district tournament, so we feel good about it. Like we have, we figured <laughs> you out. So it, it's it's probably a 50-50 as it turns out. You know, close games are close games. Um, so I want to be clear. Phoenix is missing who? Uh, Bradley Beal. Beal and and Eric Gordon day to day. Maybe yeah. Gordon, but Beal yeah. for sure. Yeah, if Gordon plays, boy, I wish I wish Beal was playing. Oh, uh, if Gordon if Gordon plays, I think Phoenix has a as a. I think they're the better team. I do. Um, if Gordon doesn't play, uh, LA is fine. LA, LA can be really bad. You know, the last thing on LA, John Hollinger, our friend and uh, a guy I just loves mm-hmm. so much. Um, John wrote a really good article about these games, uh, maybe maybe last night or this morning. And he he asked the question, like, is this the last big stage we're going to see LeBron on with with KD? <laughs> right, like that's well, start with KD, but just yeah. like like man, yeah, he'll, they'll probably make the playoffs, no guarantee, but. Um, to do a one-done situation, they'll have to make it to a game seven. Not sure that's going to happen. <laughs> the last time we saw LA on the big stage, they got swept. Yeah. Right? Sure Denver did. swept them mm-hmm. in the Western Conference Finals. So, um, appreciate it, everyone. KD's got some years left. LeBron has years left, but dominated. LeBron is amazing. I'm going to mention him in a minute oh, when we talk oh, about yes, our top 10 MVP. We sure are. <laughs> but there was a time where there was a long, long, long era where he may not have won the MVP, but everyone knew he was the best player in any one series and could carry, he could take his and beat your and he could take your and beat his and no, <laughs> like no one has done really since maybe Jordan. Correct. And, and um, that day is gone. Yeah. That day is gone. So in any one game though, he's capable of being credible. Uh, yeah. But so is Durant. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm giving Phoenix the edges because they really should be 2-0 against the Lakers. They yeah. had uh, up double digits in fourth quarter, both games, just turn the ball over Stupidly late in all, and we games. got the Vogel revenge game, and the Vogel and the Vogel revenge game. He'll want to win this. Look, everyone, these guys want to win this thing. Trust they do. Me, they have do. a million dollars. That's I don't care how much you're making. If you're if you're making forty million dollars, uh, I I promise you, every single player making any money remembers when when five hundred thousand dollars seemed like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And these guys, these guys are not. Seven, this is a really important point. As someone who deals with these. Very wealthy players all the time. Uh, I th- none of them are 70, Gerard. None of them are old. <laughs> I, 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 I want to be any of their ages. They all remember when half a million dollars seemed like all the money in the world. That doesn't mean every player is frugal with their money, although you'd be surprised at how many have gotten really good. I was talking to someone the other day about why is it we're not reading about bankrupt players like as much as we used to. Gotten wiser. And, huh? They've gotten wiser. Yes. And so as one thing they do, and I know this because I do get paid, um, it takes like five people to sign off on getting them to pay anyone. 
Mm-mm. Like you got to have the, one agent, maybe a second agent, maybe an accountant, maybe the financial guy. The player always has to say yes. Uh, yeah, the systems are built in, and that's made them mature. Mm-hmm. Um, they all recognize what five hundred thousand dollars means, and uh, I just got to win a couple more games, and we get half a mil each. And we get to go to Vegas. Win, <laughs> win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I don't think they'll be party. I really, I, I don't, I don't imagine they will be. It's a, it's a good question. I talked to a player last couple of weeks who was in a, a real big party city, and they played multiple games over the course of a few days, two games, and he didn't go out after they lost the first game. It just, it, they want to win games, man, and they yeah. get, they sometimes will get destroyed when they lose. I don't see much partying. Maybe no. the, maybe the loser. Well, the losers. What happens if you lose tonight? Yeah. So then, if you lose tonight, you are back in the regular season pool of games. Uh, so then you'll get you'll get added added onto the schedule. Um, you know, with okay. So those games still are to be yes. determined. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just I think the Vegas is for everyone else but the players. Um, and uh, if for that, it's warm weather. I will say, mm-hmm. I talked to a player who was in a, a warm weather climate recently. And he he didn't tell me this. He told his dad. I'm getting a tan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Player wasn't white, by the way. I'm getting they, tan. They listen. Yeah. They NBA is a mostly a, a winter sport, yeah. and mostly in cold weather cities, right? Yeah. So it is nice to get some warmth. I will say this too: this, you know, tell us about like you know pros and like the, the love of the game when you're a kid and all the joy. This kind of brings a little bit of that back because this is like when they're AAU and like, all right, we got the national tournament in Vegas and we got to win this thing. It's going to bring a lot of that kind of feeling back because it's different, right? We're like, oh, we're going to Vegas for this game for the big trophy. All right, we're amped. Let's go do the thing. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's not nothing. They, nope. they all, they, a lot of them played in Vegas. AAU is big in Vegas in the mm-hmm. summer. Yeah, I think um, if Eric Gordon plays, I lean Phoenix. If yeah. he doesn't, I'll lean, I'll lean LA. Yeah. Very good. All right, guys, uh, at the season tournament, again, uh, tonight will be Boston at Indiana and uh, New Orleans at Sacramento. Tomorrow night, Tuesday, will be New York at Milwaukee and Phoenix at L.A. And then uh, Wednesday, we'll have normal slate of games. Thursday will be the semifinals in Vegas. You have your final four. Friday, we'll have normal slate of regular season games again. And Saturday will be the championship game, only game played. I love that the NBA is doing that, giving these tournament games their own stage there'll be no other games but the tournament games and that's pretty cool all right it is now time for our version of the mvp ladder and you know david and i look we we he just mentioned this player's name so i'm sure he'll be in, in your list somewhere but let's start at the bottom david we'll go 10 from 10 up to the top number 10 i have uh a player on one of the best teams in the west who isn't the top three teams in the west didn't make the in-season tournament mm-hmm. but i've got anthony edwards Woo, we are like almost simpatico. <laughs> He's a number nine for me. I got De'Aaron Fox in number 10. Yeah, I don't have Fox on the list. Yes, because yeah. you have LeBron. <laughs> That's correct. I've got Donovan Mitchell at number nine. You have Edwards. I have Edwards, mm-hmm. I got Tatum at number eight, although he probably should be higher than that. I've, I've got K- Tatum at eight. I have KD at eight, Tatum at seven. Yeah, I have KD the other way around. Yeah, I have KD at seven. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, you're probably right, uh, uh, Boston's playing so well. I gave it to them because they got the better record. So I'm yeah. like, well, you know. Yeah. But, you know, considering this isn't the end all be all just yet, I didn't yes. really mind. I, I got a nice little, I got a nice little swath here. I'm just going to quickly go a few. <laughs> I've got Katie, LeBron, Giannis, Steph. Woo! That's a nice, how many MVPs between those guys? That's a nice little Five. run. No, well, more than that. LeBron's got four, Steph two, Katie one, Giannis two. Yeah. 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 So, so I've got the MVP row. 
That is MVP right row. Yeah, I'm in you, corner. you continue to give love to the older guys. Um, again, I penalize records. Like Golden State been struggling. By the way, 20-something point lead to, to the Clippers? Like, what the hell happened in that game? They got some things to work out in Golden State. I don't know what's going on over there. Lucas, six for me. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I don't reward players who aren't playing defense. Well, fair he's enough. Just, he's just not doing it. If they suck, he's not playing defense. Fair um, enough. Yeah, if Luke, I'll, I will tell him. If he wants my vote, you got to care about defense more. So that means Halliburton also not in your. That's correct. Defense. Okay, because he doesn't That's play defense. I, well, Halliburton you know what? The metrics on Halliburton are mixed because I've seen some that says he's playing defense somewhat well, but um, I couldn't. I couldn't put him above those other guys, and his team just wiped out Miami without him. Um, sure did. Sure did. And then, and then we have the same top three in some order. Mine is SGA, Embiid, Joker. So I'll give you my top four. Giannis is four. Embiid three, SGA two, Jokic yeah. one. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, listen, this is the, these are the these are the mix of guys who are in the running for All NBA yep. and MVP. It will continue to shake itself out as teams go on streaks, injuries happen, all the various things. Uh, but we're seeing some exciting play. And again, look, gotta again give it up for it. I mean, Giannis is still young, but that MVP trio of KD, Durant, and Curry again. Guys, appreciate these dudes, man. Like, still doing big things at their advanced ages, right? Things we didn't think were possible, right? When guys get into, I mean, Kareem at, at year twenty, and I love Cap, wasn't doing this, like, wasn't wasn't doing his usual as, thing. As, as someone who's much older, um, there's pictures all the time on the internet of like famous shows from the seventies and their ages. Like, I just saw one of the Mary Tyler Moore show, mm-hmm. and you know, they're all in their thirties and forties. They look old as fuck uh we've evolved as a species because of science that you know we can do more than we could uh 20 years ago at this age so um hell i just bought my first rower yeah you did i was swimming (laughs) now it's getting a little too cold although maybe i can swim today before a cold front's coming so i'm rowing yeah these guys have every benefit you know and they're doing they they take advantage of religiously Mm -hmm. and their bodies are what they are and because of that we get to see them play more no doubt. All right, guys, enjoy the in-season tournament. Uh, when we're back on Thursday, we'll know who the uh, semifinalists are. We'll be talking Vegas. We'll be getting ready for the Final Four, and we'll have some stuff, uh, regular season games on Wednesday night to uh, right. catch up on. Right. All right, everybody, take care.